Hello and welcome to Township Talk. I'm your host, Don Herbert, and in this episode, we will be talking about the benefits of medical marijuana and how individuals in need can access it in Pennsylvania through the state's medical marijuana program. Pennsylvania's medical marijuana program was signed into law in April of 2016 to provide access to medical marijuana for patients with serious medical conditions by way of dispensaries located throughout the Commonwealth. The first dispensaries in Pennsylvania opened nearly two years after the law was passed, and today there are more than 100 dispensaries operating in the state. Upper Marion Township has four of those dispensaries located within its borders. The Keystone Shops dispensary is located at 367 South Henderson Road. Herbology is located at 110 North Warner Road. Harvest of King of Prussia dispensary is located at 826 West DeKalb Pike. And Rise Dispensary is located at 445 West DeKalb Pike. Joining me today to discuss this topic are two guests from Rise Dispensary of Green Thumb Industries, Community Outreach Specialist Alex Adams and Director of Medical Education, Dr. Elizabeth Ardillo. Elizabeth, I'd like to start off the discussion today by asking you about your background and training and experience and how you got involved in the medical marijuana field. Yes, thank you so much uh, for having us today, Don. We are very passionate about providing education on the program in Pennsylvania, as well as the potential medicinal benefits of marijuana. So I've personally always had an interest in alternative medicine and therapies for patients and also have an extreme passion for helping others to pursue an overall sense of well-being. My pharmacy career started in a traditional big chain pharmacy. However, my experience in that setting didn't provide for as many opportunities to consult with patients as I would have liked. So when the medical marijuana program started in Pennsylvania and was written into law in 2016, I realized that the regulations called for a healthcare professional to be on site during operational hours in order to provide patient education. I saw this as the perfect opportunity to use my pharmacy degree and further pursue my passion for helping others to achieve a better quality of life through an alternative therapy. So my career with GTI and Rise Dispensary started when I was hired as a dispensary pharmacist. And now I am the director of medical education. So I have the opportunity to pursue a lot of educational events with Alex and also train our staff. So in the dispensary, uh, many of the patients we meet with, marijuana is a last stitch effort for symptom relief. These people truly just want a better quality of life, whether that's getting a good night's rest, being comfortable enough to play with their grandkids or reducing nausea associated with their cancer treatment. For some patients, cannabis is still very new and scary. So it's always our goal to provide uh, these individuals with the proper education and knowledge necessary to feel supported in their journey so they can have the confidence to explore the many wonderful potential health benefits that the plant can provide. So I think a lot of people may not realize or have a misconception about medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. Can you explain what it is about medical marijuana? Sure. So what's important to note about medical marijuana in the Pennsylvania program is that all the products we dispense to patients have undergone extensive testing to prove their potency and purity. So at a minimum, products in our program, samples are going to be tested for pesticides, solvents, concentrations of the major cannabinoids, such as THC and CBD, terpene content and contaminants. 
all these testing results are available to patients for that quality assurance. So when we think about recreational marijuana, there are a number of states with legal adult use programs currently. These types of dispensaries are still regulated, but that's going to be depending on the state as far as their specific rules. To my knowledge, most do have quality control standards in place still. In most states with medical programs and adult use programs, medical patients would have access to products either with higher concentration of cannabinoids. Typically, they will pay a lower price for their products compared to the adult use purchases or recreational purchases. However, if we're, if we're asking or talking about the difference between marijuana purchased in either of these regulated you know, medical or adult use dispensaries versus marijuana purchased elsewhere, it truly comes down to quality, safety, and peace of mind. So Elizabeth, I'd like to delve a little bit into what our listeners should understand about THC, hemp, and CBD, and how they differ from medical marijuana. Yes. So there's tons of terminology in the cannabis world. We really try to educate our patients to provide clarity whenever possible. So I'm glad you brought this up, Don. THC and CBD are going to be components of the marijuana plant that produce medicinal benefits. So THC is one cannabinoid. THC is the cannabinoid, which sometimes gets a bad reputation because it's going to produce the euphoric or high feeling associated with marijuana use. THC does have a lot of positive medicinal benefits, however, uh, when used responsibly and appropriately. So THC has the potential to help our patients fall asleep at night, can help to reduce their PTSD associated symptoms, can help to reduce nausea for our cancer patients, or provide a calming effect for patients who experience anxiety. These are just a few examples of the benefits of THC. CBD, on the other hand, it's, it's also going to be a cannabinoid similar to THC, but it's going to produce different medicinal effects, and it's not going to produce any kind of intoxicating effects. So some of the, the potential benefits of CBD uh, will include reduced anxiety, reduced inflammation, and when used in combination with THC, it can really help to off-put the potential for that higher euphoric feeling, which is great for a lot of our consumers. Now, when we say cannabis plant, cannabis and marijuana, we use these terms interchangeably. The Pennsylvania regulators prefer that we use the word marijuana, so that tends to be uh, what we mention in conversation. Hemp is going to be a variety of the cannabis or marijuana plant that's going to contain very little to no THC content. Um, and instead will contain higher concentrations of CBD, as we've previously mentioned. So hemp-produced CBD is going to be available to purchase almost anywhere these days. However, I always warn patients that hemp-produced CBD products are not going to be regulated. So unless someone is able to find a quality product from a company that can provide them with third-party testing results, they can't be sure that the product even contains any CBD in it. They also cannot be sure that there's no harsh chemicals or pesticides in that type of product. Now, just to clarify for our audience, a cannabinoid is a product derived from cannabis. Just want to make sure I understand that term. Yes. So a cannabinoid is going to be part of the cannabis or marijuana plant, which can provide for a medicinal effect in patients. What is it about medical marijuana that gives some relief that traditional treatments don't? 
So I think it's great when we can use a natural substance to provide for many medicinal benefits without the harsh side effect profile that a lot of our traditional pharmaceuticals can. When we think about cannabis and how it interacts with our bodies, we can look at the science of things. So within each of us, we have something called an endocannabinoid system. Now, the goal of the endocannabinoid system is to bring our body back into balance or homeostasis. So when receptors within the endocannabinoid system are activated, they're going to produce different effects within our body. Our body is going to produce something called an endogenous compound or an endocannabinoid, which interacts with the receptors of the ECS. When we think about cannabis plants or the components of marijuana interacting with our receptors in our endocannabinoid system, we call these components phytocannabinoids. So THC and CBD are phytocannabinoids or plant-produced cannabinoids that will interact with our receptors in a similar fashion to our body's own cannabinoids. So the ECS is so widespread throughout our body, going to be in the brain, the central nervous system, the periphery. Um, It's very much involved in many medical conditions and their related symptoms which is what makes cannabis an effective treatment for many of these qualifying conditions we see. Medical marijuana provides relief. It's not any kind of a cure for any condition. Is that true? That's true. We cannot claim at this time that it's going to cure any uh, specific disease state. It's truly our goal to help patients find symptom relief related to their conditions. Are there any risks that come with the use of medical marijuana? Yes. So we always want our patients to consume the lowest amount of product possible to achieve the symptom relief in hopes of avoiding these major risks. When we think about patients overdosing on prescription medications, for instance, painkillers, we worry about patients' respiratory rate decreasing. Cannabis does not interact with receptors in the part of the brainstem that affects the respiratory rate. So consuming too much cannabis will not cause you to stop breathing. It's really important, though, to talk to patients about potential side effects and warnings. So some common side effects of cannabis consumption could include that euphoric or high feeling, which can be overwhelming for some consumers. If patients take too much THC, they could also experience, you know, a little bit of anxiety or an increased heart rate. Increased thirst is a pretty common side effect of THC consumption, um, as well as increased appetite. A lot of times when we think about patients consuming marijuana, you think about them, you know, experiencing the munchies. For a lot of our patients, they don't, they don't necessarily want to experience that side effect. But for some of our patients, that's actually a desired effect. If we think about our cancer patients, who, you know, have no appetite related to their treatment, getting some THC in their system to increase their appetite is very beneficial. It's also important to note that all of our patients have the potential to test positive on a drug test after consuming products. Just because it's a medical marijuana product does not mean um, that it will not show up on a drug test. So they would probably have to demonstrate to their employer that they have a card, an ID card that, that permits them to have marijuana in their system. That's right. And it's really up to employers at this time. We do our best to provide education to different employment groups. But if employees have a drug-free policy, sometimes, unfortunately, that does not include medical marijuana. So that's all part of the education process. Employers need to become aware as well. 
That's right. That's right. And we're here to, to provide that education for anybody um, and everybody who's interested in having a conversation. Can impairment occur with the use of medical marijuana where you shouldn't go out and drive a vehicle or operate heavy machinery? Absolutely. This is a huge warning that we try to give to all of our patients. So impairment can absolutely happen when patients are consuming any amount of THC. If a patient consumes too much THC, they can experience that psychoactive or euphoric feeling, uh, which can cause impairment. We do not want those patients getting behind the wheel of a vehicle or, you know, operating heavy machinery, obviously. The Pennsylvania Medical Marijuana Program includes 23 approved medical conditions. Some are psychological and some are physical. Can you help us understand how the psychological is treated differently than the physical conditions? So I think it really comes down to the nature of the endocannabinoid system and where the receptors are located. Uh, The majority of the CB1 receptors are located in the brain and central nervous system which can help with cognitive conditions or the sensation of pain, for example. On the other hand, the CB2 receptors of the endocannabinoid system are mainly located in the periphery. So when cannabis interacts with these type of receptors, it can pose potential benefits for patients uh, with inflammatory conditions and related symptoms. Now, we can't necessarily specify, okay, we're only going to activate the CB1 receptors or we're only going to activate the CB2 receptors with cannabis consumption. We're really just trying to boost the effects of those receptors with the cannabis consumption. As I understand it, some of the physical conditions can trigger psychological conditions. And I'm wondering if there's different forms of medical cannabis that is used for one over the other. And if you're experienced both, do you have to balance the different types of treatment? How intricate or complicated can that get? So it can be very complicated, but if we zoom back out and we think of how we start our product recommendations for patients, we really start with the dosage form that the patient is the most comfortable with. So we want to look at Am I comfortable inhaling something into my lungs versus am I more comfortable starting with just a topical product or do I want to swallow something or take a tincture? A lot of the treatment plans are going to, again, start with the dosage form that the patient's most comfortable with. And then we can play around with adding or subtracting things to find the best relief. As we learn and study more, we may have the potential to narrow down on a dosage form and cannabinoid content regimen for disease states, but we're not quite there yet. We're very limited in the research that that we've been able to do. So you mentioned a couple of different forms that medical marijuana can take. So Pennsylvania law has six forms listed as pills, extracts, or tinctures, liquids, oils, topicals such as gels and creams and ointments. And I think recently, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that dried leaf or plant for vaporization or nebulization is also available. The key point there is that it's to be vaporized. Um, We don't want patients taking their dry leaf or plant form home and smoking it out of a bong or rolling it into a joint and smoking it. The idea behind vaporization is that it's, it's less damaging on the lungs for our patients. Can you give us an idea of how each form works and how it's applied to the different conditions? Absolutely. So we really think it's amazing that there are so many different dosage forms in the Pennsylvania program for patients to choose from. If we look at the dosage forms, we need to consider the onset of effect. How quickly is the product going to kick in in my system? 
as well as the duration of action. How long is the product going to last in my system? So when we think about capsules and orally consumed products, these are going to have a delayed effect compared to any form that's inhaled into the lungs. When we swallow cannabis as a capsule or as an oil, it's going to take anywhere between 30 and 180 minutes to feel any sort of effects. And the effects are going to be much longer lasting than inhaled methods. So inhaling cannabis products is going to be a very rapid onset of action for patients. The effects are going to usually taper off within one to two hours at the most. Topical application, we have lotions and creams available for patients. These are great options for people who don't want to inhale into the lungs or consume any kind of products. So topical products can either provide for a localized effect, uh, which means the effects will stay in just one area of the body, or we can see topical products that have the potential to provide a systemic or a whole body effect. So it's important for consumers to know what type of topical product they are purchasing. Now, when we think about appropriate product selection for specific conditions. We'll just go through a few examples here. If someone experiences intermittent nausea related to their condition, a vaporized product might be sufficient because it's going to provide for that rapid onset of effect and short duration of action. On the other hand, if we have a chronic pain patient who they experience pain 24 seven, they most likely will find the best benefit from an orally consumed product, something that's gonna provide a longer duration of action. So a patch will be a topical form that's going to provide a systemic effect for patients. So it's not gonna be a patch that if you throw it on your shoulder for shoulder pain, it's not going to just stay in that area. It can provide for a whole body systemic effect. So it's important to note if there's THC in that patch, it could provide for that uh, euphoric feeling. Elizabeth, I want to thank you for providing us with such great information on a very complex topic. I'd like to invite Alex to join the discussion now. Alex, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the medical marijuana field and your role as a community outreach specialist? I'd be happy to, Don. Thank you for the introduction. My background consists mostly of work experience in the hospitality and customer service industries, which ultimately prepared me for what is now becoming my career in cannabis. So I got involved in the field about three years ago. I applied for a job as a patient care specialist and worked my way up to a shift supervisor role and then later a community outreach specialist role, working as an ambassador for the program, an advocate for access to safe cannabis consumption, and a representative of our company as well. So our community outreach team wears many hats, including conducting educational presentations and making public appearances, such as this lovely podcast. We also help patients navigate the process of obtaining a medical marijuana card. We attend events and table at gatherings like health fairs and senior expos. Organizing volunteer opportunities is something else that we take great pride in, and we even manage some of our social media pages. Our main goal, though, is to represent the cannabis community in a positive light and continue to break down stigma because we feel that is really important for people to understand how impactful having access to this medicine is. And for that, we're really excited to have an opportunity to speak today. 
Now, earlier on in my introduction of this show, I mentioned Green Thumb Industries. Can you tell us a little bit about what Green Thumb Industries is? Green Thumb Industries is a national cannabis company, and under that umbrella falls the Rise Dispensaries retail chain, as well as some of our brands, most recognizably in Pennsylvania. That would be the Rhythm brand, as well as the Dr. Solomon's brand. Alex, I think it's important for our listeners to realize that the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania established a pretty strict process for opening and operating a dispensary to ensure applicants are qualified and have the resources to succeed. That's one of the reasons why it took almost two years to get the first dispensary open. There is a process you have to go through, and that process involves acquiring a permit, and you have to provide a description of the business organization and activities. You have to be able to maintain effective security and control to prevent diversion, abuse, or other illegal conduct. You have to comply with the local municipal zoning requirements. You have to provide a diversity plan. You have to demonstrate the ability to make a significant financial commitment. And you have to go through a two-hour training course that the state puts on. So that's one of the reasons why not just anybody can open up a dispensary. Once you're open, there's other things that have to be maintained. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. We think it's crucial to mention that as well because we work hard every day to maintain compliance with the regulations in all of our operations. They guide our processes and help us determine where our focus should be to ensure that we're providing the safe and effective access to cannabis medicine. Marijuana, the common term for most people, has been illegal for a long time. And with that come certain stigmas. And I was wondering if you can talk about some of those stigmas that don't really apply to medical marijuana. Absolutely. Well, since there are quite a few, I'll just touch on a couple of the big ones. One of the comments I hear the most frequently was, I don't want to get high. And there was almost always a certain tone associated with that as if it were a bad thing. And I just found that a little bit ironic because if you reframe that perspective a little bit, pharmaceutical drugs for pain management can get you high as well or alcohol can impair you. So marijuana isn't really that much different that way. But that aside, we actually have a wide array of products that have different concentrations of THC and CBD, as Lizzie mentioned earlier. So there are many options that don't get you high at all, but can still give you relief from your symptoms. Another misconception I see portrayed in the media frequently is that marijuana makes you lazy or less intelligent. But the majority of our patients actually use the products to become more functional. So we see a a lot of people who are able to get their arthritis pain under control so they can play with their grandkids or garden again or get relief from cancer treatment side effects, as Lizzie had also mentioned, to continue working or parenting. So we really give people their quality of life back using medical marijuana, and that's what we come to work for every day. Earlier in our discussion, we talked with Lizzie about the 23 conditions of medical marijuana that are approved in Pennsylvania. But I think maybe a lot of our listeners who are suffering don't know what they can do about it. Can you help them understand a little bit more about the program and what they need to do to get access to the medical marijuana? To start, you must be a Pennsylvania resident with a Pennsylvania driver's license or ID card just to register. And then you'll also need a working email address, which is also required for communication about the status of your card and your certification as well as alerts to when it's time to make payments to the state. This is a completely separate entity than Rise Dispensaries, though, so patients must complete the entire process and have their card in hand before they can actually step foot through our doors. There are four steps to the process. 
The first one is to register on the Department of Health website as a patient or a caregiver. And then you go to see an approved practitioner to get certified. So there is a list on the Pennsylvania Department of Health website. Those physicians are typically charging between one to $300 to certify patients to our knowledge at this time. But the certification does last for a 12 month period and recertifications are typically a little less expensive. But some physicians are choosing to see patients once a month or every three months or so. However, just to monitor for safety and efficacy of the products. The third part of the process is to pay a $50 fee to the state for the actual medical marijuana card. And after visiting the physician who is qualified to issue the certification, the patient will receive an email prompting them to log back into their profile to pay for it. There is a reduced fee as well if you are a participant of a government assistance program like CHIP or WIC or SNAP, something along those lines. And the cards typically take somewhere around seven days to arrive after the payment is made to the state. And then the fourth part of the process is the best part. You can go visit a Pennsylvania dispensary with your card. A tip I like to share though is that there are also medical marijuana card clinics which are a great resource for patients who might not be tech savvy or whose doctor is not registered with a department because they can actually help you through the entire process and certify you if you're able to provide documentation that you have a qualifying condition. Most, if not all, the information that a patient would need is on the Pennsylvania's website, which is pa.gov. They can register for the card, they can find the list of approved practitioners, and they can also find a list of the dispensary locations. Is that correct? That is correct. All of that information can be found on the Department of Health website, which is health.pa.gov, G-O-V, gov. And I've been on there and I've seen there's a lot of frequently asked questions that I think people will have and they're already addressed on there. So start the process by going to the website. For the most part, we've been talking about adult patients, but there are also caregivers that are involved in the program. There are also minors that are involved in the program. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how those are handled. Yeah, so if patients are homebound or have mobility issues, or if they're a minor, which is under 18, they can have a caregiver come pick up medicine at the dispensary on their behalf. So caregivers are registered through the Department of Health process the exact same way that patients are, except they must also complete a background check through a fingerprinting process. You will also not be approved as a caregiver if you have been convicted of a criminal offense related to the sale or possession of drugs, narcotics, controlled substances, things of that nature for the last five years for obvious reasons. But we do see children in our dispensaries as young as six months old, and we see patients that are also well over 100. So this is a great resource for patients who need that extra assistance. I just received my ID card, and I'm ready to go to the dispensary. Can you give me an idea what I'm going to experience once I get there? So when you arrive at a dispensary, they will ask to see your card before they'll buzz you into the vestibule. And when you enter, they will take your card at the reception desk and allow you into the lobby area. 
At that time, they'll ask you if you're interested in pursuing a consultation with a healthcare professional. And if you do want to take advantage of that resource, there is a separate consultation room. And we strongly encourage patients that are new to cannabis to take advantage of that opportunity so they can make educated decisions about what products to try. So unlike traditional pharmacy, the patient is able to make their own decisions and develop their own treatment regimen. And we really try to empower our customers to do that by educating them to the best of our ability. And then we strongly encourage patients to utilize the knowledge of our patient care specialists as well at the registers because they've tried a lot of the products and they're very very knowledgeable about how they work and can provide some alternative perspective. And if not, you can hang out in the lobby and wait until they're ready to take you back into the dispensing room. We have display cases there so you can look at some of the products that we have available. And when you get to the actual dispensing room, they would be happy to answer any questions you might have there as well as show you some examples of product. and give you some patient education if that is something you're seeking as well. And then they'll take you to the register and check you out and you could be well on your way. Are there limitations or restrictions on what I can buy or how much I can buy? Yes, there are. On certifications, physicians can restrict patients from certain consumption methods if they wish, which is why we take care to check each patient's certification before they purchase to ensure that we're not selling them a product that their doctor didn't recommend. So the limitation on product purchases is a 60 gram supply of medicine in a rolling 30 day period. And we check those restrictions at the time of each purchase to make sure that we're not overselling that amount of product to patients per the state regulations as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what else is available besides the product itself? In addition to the sale of products, healthcare professional consultations, and product knowledge from our patient care specialists, our outreach and educational services are always available to any businesses, organizations, support groups, et cetera, that might want to learn more about medical marijuana. We discussed earlier the different forms that the medical marijuana comes in. And I think a lot of people are familiar with pills. They know what to do with pills. But in the process of getting ready for this show, I found the word tincture. And honestly, I was not familiar with what that is and found that it really is just another word for extract. But it seems to me that a lot of these different forms are extracts. So can you help me understand a little bit about the differences? Yes, the terminology for extracts and oils, as it's listed on the Department of Health website, are more all-encompassing terms for a variety of products that we have. But our patient care specialist will consult with you to determine the best dosage form depending on what your certification states and also what your comfort level is. So, for example, if you have a lung condition, we wouldn't recommend a vaporizer product for you. But if vaporizing was the best method for you, it should be noted that smoking is actually illegal in Pennsylvania. So methods like rolling dry leaf into a joint or smoking it out of a bong are not permitted here. Well, Alex and Lizzie, I want to thank you for joining me today and helping me and our listeners understand the medical marijuana program in Pennsylvania better. And I really appreciate the time you spent with us. Thank you so much for having us, Don. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Don. We were very grateful to have this opportunity to represent the industry and get this information to your audience. Thanks so much. You are welcome. Thank you. Remember, for more information about Pennsylvania's medical marijuana program, visit health.pa.gov.
And thank you for listening to this edition of Township Talk. Talk.